1: Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Rook and Randy on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It's 30 degrees in St. Louis. It was 27 when I left home today, and the first thing I did when I came into the building (laughs) was got myself some hot chocolate. And I want to know if Joe Vitale is a hot chocolate guy. Yeah, the hot chocolate's working here at the station. Joey V, good morning. How you doing?
0: You know, Randy, I'm doing great. Good morning to you. Does uh, does, hot co- does hot cocoa have a caffeine in it?
1: It does not, sir.
0: Then no. No, no. That's not a, <laughs> I'm not a hot cocoa fan then, my friend. But Sorry. you are uh,
1: and I understand because you are a coffee guy through and through. When did you become a coffee guy? I, obviously hockey is a coffee sport. Were you like a pee wee? Were you was it at CBC? When did you become a, like a daily coffee guy?
0: I would say it was probably college. Yeah, it was probably college when I really started to kick it into gear when I had to manage school at Northeastern in Boston. Manage school, practice games, and kind of got into a routine of drinking it before class uh, in the morning. And you know, Dunkin' Donuts is huge up in Boston. There's one in every corner, pretty much. And so I would start doing that, and and then it became kind of a routine where I would start doing a little bit in you know before practice and then before games. And by the end of my career, I was having a you know half a cup or quarter cup of coffee not only before the games but between periods. So i become kind of a fiend, and you know how it is. Uh, us hockey players, Randy, as as we've talked about playing in the past, uh, we're, we're kind of creatures of habit and routine. And once it became a routine, even when I was done and retired and I had all these kids, uh, caffeine and coffee certainly is still in my regimen.
1: We are going to get to routine in just a second because we've teased this last Friday. But... I want to go back to donuts because you are everybody who knows Joe Vitale. You're, you're in great shape. You, you, you treat your body as your temple. But you mentioned Dunkin' Donuts. So whether it's Dunkin' Donuts or another donut, what is Joe's donut of choice when you do eat one?
0: If I had to have one donut, I don't know why. Um, if anyone's been to Tim Hortons in Canada— they have this, uh, whether you call it a cruller or a crawler, I call it a crawler, a French crawler. I'm going crawler as well. You're going crawler, okay? Have you had one of these before, Randy? I have. Fantastic, airy, pillowy, light, just amount of right amount of sweetness. And then what they do now is up and Dun- up and uh, Tim Hortons up there, they they've started about a year ago. They added like a frosting and a sprinkle on top too, which. Listen, sprinkles with donuts to me. People think they're for like the appearance or for the flash. It's actually it, it's a textural. It's part of the integrity of a donut. You have to have some crunch. You have to have some balance. Think of it. Think of it like a nice piece of you know barbecue crispy chicken. Like that that crunch on the outside and that just like moist soft inside. That's what we're getting with with the donut. People, you need the sprinkle. Is super important, not just for the color and for the eye, but but for the mouth and the feel of having a little bit of texture. So I would go with the French crawler with the frosting and sprinkles from Tim Hortons up north.
1: So that that Dunkin' Donuts cream filled is not up your alley.
0: Get the cream, save it for the birds. I don't like cream in my donut. I okay. like mare. I like. I want to taste the yeast. I want to taste the fermentation. You know, I'm kind of a fermentation nut, as you know, Randy oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's your favorite jelly don't get me started on the jelly the jelly and the donut doesn't belong there get out of here what okay i get out of here bro no here. No, no, no 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 joey now every once, i do agree with you i like sprinkles on my donuts but a jelly donut that is delicious too much sweet on sweet we have to have some variety people you look at your tongue right you look at your tongue the, the, the tip of the tongue is where the sweet the sweet sensations are at, right? And then you move back to the savory, and then the very back is where the sour notes are. And You look this up in the diagram of the tongue; it's all it's all choreographed this way for a reason. Now, when you go to eat a donut, the, the key is you gotta you gotta get the full palate. We call it that umami bite, you know. And then and then you look at. You look at, uh, which is why people love sourdough and and everything, you know, put sourdough in waffles, put sourdough in a chalk chip cookie. You put sourdough waffles in an English muffin, people are like, this isn't a Thompson's muffin. What's going on with this English muffin? Well, the reality is that we put some sourdough starter in there, and your mouth and your back of your jowls there, where all the sensors are for sour on the back of your tongue, those start to light up as well. And then, of course, you add some sea salt on the top there. Why do we add sea salt? Of course, it's not for flavor. People get this wrong all the time, too. People are so nuts and think about salt. Salt's there to simply open up the, the sensory capsules on the top of your, the roof of your mouth, so you're just receiving flavor a lot better. And I think that's what Tim Hortons does as well. They throw a little a sprinkle of sea salt up there, too. Uh, but that's where you need that sour note, Brooke, and that's where you're a little cuckoo because you got the <laughs> sweet of the vanilla, the sweet of the sugar, and now the sweet of the jelly. It's just too much sweet. Uh, you know what? Here's the thing, though. There's nothing that is ever too sweet. I feel like that's that's oh, too. God. It's it's a good thing. Sweet is always a good thing, Joey. Brooke, we have a lot, a lot, a lot. Randy and I have a lot to teach you. He will tell you about his his world famous carrot cake. Oh yes, it's not it's not one sweet note. No, 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 no. There's a smoke note to it. There's a savory note to it, and then there's a sweet note. There's plenty of notes to go around. It is not. If 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 Randy's carrot cake was all sweet, I'd have one piece and say, "Oh boy, I'm done. That is rich." But no, I'm I'm done with half the cake on the way home from the Blues game, and I got to <laughs> leave my kids with the other half in the morning. I love that.
1: All right, the Blues played in Pittsburgh last weekend, and they got to take on Sidney Crosby. And Joe played with Sidney Crosby in the first part of his career in the National Hockey League. And last week we talked about superstitions and routines and we we just mentioned them them at the at the top of this interview Uh, Brooke I don't think has heard the the Sidney Crosby superstition story so you have time the floor is yours Joe if you can share that story with us please
0: oh my gosh of course it's one of my one of my favorite stories and, you know, it goes to, you know, look at all the, the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans and the Sidney and the Crosbys, uh, Wayne Greskys. They've all found this routine, and it's gotten a little crazy to the point where some people would call it a superstition, but it really is the routine, and it helps them kind of get locked in. When I was a rookie in Pittsburgh, I didn't know too much about Sidney, and I was kind of new, and I was appointed to become the team DJ. Usually they gave it to a younger player. And listen, this is a tough job because you're playing the music in the locker room and you got to, you got to appease the, the Europeans with techno. You got to appease the older guys, like the Brooks Orpics with the alternative and the, and the, you know, the whole uh, jam. And then you got the, you know, the rap guys, the younger players who just want to listen to rap and R and B. So you had to find this good mix of music. And that was always the biggest challenge for me in my rookie season. I didn't even think about hockey. I was more focused on making sure everyone's happy with the music in the locker room. So I'm in about two months into my rookie season. I'm getting to know Sid a little bit more. I'm starting to realize he's a little quirky on game days. He kind of does the same thing over and over. Uh, for fans out there who watch him in his warm-ups on ice, he always does toe drags around the McDonald's M at, on home sheets, and he always follows the M. It's just little things like that. He, I just started to pick up more and more. And it's about November, two months into the season, and I'm playing this the playlist for the, the, the pregame. And there's really only one rule when you're a team DJ for a hockey team in the, in the National Hockey League, and that is – If the team wins with the playlist you presented, that playlist stays the exact same. And then when you lose, you can switch out a song or two. You kind of keep the nuts and bolts the same, but you can lose a song, add a song after a loss. But if you win, you keep it the same. So I'm getting ready with the Copland Energy Center there in Pittsburgh. I'm taping my stick. And all of a sudden, you know, this is back in 2011, I guess, 2012. uh, The Dog Days Are Over by Florence and Machine Comes On. And this is right when this song kind of came out. It's a great song. And so I play this song and I'm taping my stick and it's going on in the locker room and in the weight room and all our facilities and all this stuff. And, and Sid comes up to me and he says, Hey, Joe B, this is a great song. And I said, yeah, this is a good song. Huh? He's like, this song came out a few months ago. And I went to Italy with a couple of buddies, Nathan McKinnon, Braden Shen uh, of all, of all people was with them. He's like, yeah, I went to Italy with our, my buddies and our girlfriends and wives. And we kind of were traveling to the Amalfi coast and, this song just came out, and I don't know why, but we just kept playing the song on the boat, and it kind of became our theme song. So every time I hear this song, I think about uh, our, our Italian trip. So he tells me this whole story about how this Florence and Machine song reminds him of Italy. So anyway, it, it's five minutes. I'll never get back again. But whatever, I'm moving on. <laughs> <laughs> get ready for the game. We go out there, we win the game, and I think Sid gets like a goal and an assist, and you know, and so you know, as I mentioned before. The only rule for T DJ is that you keep the playlist the exact same. Two days later we're in Philadelphia. We're getting in all of a sudden the songs are playing and guys are warming up and, and it's that time of the of the pregame again and Florence Machine comes on again. I'm over there, I'm tying my skates or changing my laces and sits next to me and he goes, Cho-V. I go, What's up? He goes, This is a really great song. I go, Yeah, I know. He goes, Never take time, with to Italy and we played this song, and it kind of became our theme song. And I'm listening, and I'm like, I'm looking around. i was like, is he is he pranking me? Is this guy freaking nuts? And he goes, yes, yeah, so we went to the Malfa Coast. I was with Braden Shen and Nathan McKinnon, our wise win. And we, you know, we had the pops. And this song kept coming back. And I'm, I I literally don't know what to say. And I'm like, oh, my God, is he having post-concussion syndrome? <laughs> this is right after all his concussion stuff. I'm like, I think I need to see the team doctor. So this happens. We go out and win that game. I think the next night we're playing in Buffalo. It's back to back. Same thing. We're getting ready. Florence the Machine comes on. What do you think? So he comes up to me and goes, Joe B, this is a good song. I go, yeah, I know. He goes, that's the time with Italy. I'm like, oh my God, no, tell me more about it. So I start telling this whole story again. And then by game four, Brooke, I'm like, oh my God, I, I understand what's going on. This guy's a complete psychopath. And I have now been embedded. In his routine three game routine and now he needs me Brooke and Randy go back to study 2012 from like October mid-october we went on a 17 game stretch we didn't lose we did not lose a game I endured this for about five and a half complete I-, I am not kidding you when I say this I'm not kidding you when I say this I don't Mentally, like fried, and I, it was like disturbing me, and it was affecting my play on the ice. And I, I, I stopped playing well, and I was like losing my mind. And I kept blaming that it. it was like Sid kept believing about the stupid story. So at the end, I mean, by game twelve and thirteen, I kid I, you not, I am hiding when I know the song is about to come on. There was one time I was in the bathroom stall, and I'm sitting there on the pot. I've just got the doors closed and I hear Florence and Machine through the wall and it's faint and all of a sudden, boom, the door opens. It's like, show me! Like, God, yeah! He's like, this a great song! Oh, no. And you go, I know! There's <laughs> time with Hilly and listen to the song? I'm like, yeah! I, I swear to you I swear to God I, this happened for 17 straight games I was losing my complete mind finally Brock finally we lost the game and Sid comes up to me literally right after the game was over with a big smile on his face and he goes hey that was a pretty good run I was like oh yeah oh yeah buddy we will all be down the minors tomorrow um, yeah that's that's one of multiple uh Sidney Crosby routine stories and when you play with him you learn very quickly as a teammate of his that it's not just about your preparation it's also about how do I facilitate Sidney's <laughs> preparation and it, I don't say that like to be like oh this, this guy's an arrogant leader it's not about that it's about, this guy is so good and he helps you win games and he will help you with your contract one day if it's that good. You want to make sure you could do anything. You just want to serve him and make sure you're taking care of him the best as you can. So I learned very early to get in, figure out his routine, be a part of it, or uh, you'll probably end up being traded and sent down to the minors pretty quickly. Oh, my gosh. Joey by the end of it were you just like in a corner like shaking rocking back and forth like oh my god please let this be done oh my gosh you know I don't know if people have people seen the scene from uh, Heartbreak Kid with Ben Stiller you know he's in the bedroom with his new wife and she's all crazy in the bedroom he's like at one point he's like on a rocking chair sucking his thumb in the corner that, that was me <laughs> I, I, I swear that that was me or like the, the scene you know the, what it really sounds good is from uh Kim Carey's uh, character from Dumb and Dumber when Seabass when busts open the bathroom door he's like <laughs> sucking his thumb in the corner or whatever that, that was me I was I was a mental midget at that point but at the end of the day we won 17 games we made the playoffs that year we went to the Eastern Conference Finals so it all worked out in the end but you know any player who plays with Sid will really tell you it's you have to figure out a way to be available to him and make sure that you're kind of catering to him because what, what, what he says kind of goes there. I'll give you one other quick thing about this, about what he says goes. The Penguins' jerseys right now, you know how they reverted back, Randy and Brooke, to the 80s style? Mm-hmm. Three or four years ago, they brought back that style as like a third jersey. I think Sid had a hat-trick that night. Uh-huh. A few weeks later, he had like a two-goal, one-assist night, and they won again. What do you think happened the following year? Those didn't become the third jerseys anymore. Those were the <laughs> jerseys. So, and, and they have been the jerseys since then, so... Uh, you can see you can see the influence he certainly has not only on that team but certainly in that city in the sport of hockey and and at the end of the day just such a wonderful human being and one of one of my great friends to this day so it's always great to uh, reminisce and t- tell these stories again
1: oh and by the way the Blues won last night a great win maybe the best win of the year
0: <laughs> maybe the best win of the year two to one against a very good hockey team they had nothing Brock Besser silent JT Miller silent Elias Pettersson silent Blues have done a great job of shutting down. Other teams' top opponents, especially over these last three games, absolutely. Joey V,
1: we love you, man. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> was we amazing. appreciate it. Have, <laughs> have a great weekend. Are you making the trek to
0: uh, to Raleigh? Oh yeah, I'll be I'll be coming to you live tomorrow night 7, 7 p.m. is our pregame on. 101 ESPN. That's on the FM dial, so make sure you're tuning in, people. <laughs> <All right. Let's laughs> Always you for you, Joey. Oh, uh, Joey. Always v. for you. Thank
1: you. Uh, that is the spectacular <laughs> Joe Vitale on 101 ESPN. You can hear, if you didn't get to hear the whole story, oh, you man. have the opportunity to hear it again on uh, 101ESPN.com or on the app brought to you by Dobbs Tyrant Center. Or
0: please go to YouTube and watch our reactions oh. to the story. Because, Randy, you literally turned into uh, a tomato during uh, that uh, story. Bright red. Yeah. That was incredible.